to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Amen. Today we're on the second portion of our summer sermon series entitled Even Better Blessings, and that takes us to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So far of God's holy word. In the name of our dear Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Dear fellow redeemed, there was a little boy his mother took him grocery shopping. So they're going through woodman's following the arrows in the aisle in order to head in the right direction. And the little boy noticed on an upper shelf a box of the kind of cereal they had just run out of. And so he pointed up to it and said, hey mom. But by that time, she had happened to cross a neighbor lady who was a good friend of hers, also with a cart, and they began an animated conversation. And you know how it goes when you're a parent and you've got the child that's so easy to tune out in a situation like that. You didn't hear him at all. And so we got more insistent. Mom, look, we need a box of that. Not hearing a thing. And so we started pulling on her pant leg. Hey, Mom, hey, Mom, hey, Mom. Still nothing. Until finally, exasperated, the little boy looked up at the ceiling and went, Mom! And she finally looked down and said, Billy, there's no need to shout. And he's all like, apparently there is. And it was all resolved and they got the box of cereal and everything was fine. You see how the little boy's persistence finally paid off. He was heard. Meanwhile, across town, there was someone else making persistent requests of a much more serious nature. A young man and his wife were in the surgical waiting room. They had a single daughter of about two years of age. She had been born with a congenital heart defect and she was going through a very delicate surgery and the outcome was not assured at all and they were waiting. They were waiting moment by moment, each of which seemed an eternity, to find out if the operation would be a success. And being a Christian man and woman, each of them 
said many individual prayers asking God in his mercy to look after her, to keep her safe. And from time to time, they would clasp their hands together and pray out loud for the same thing. And their pastor arrived and prayed with them the same thing. And after what seemed like an overly long time, the doctor did come through the door with his scrubs on with the news about the surgery. What was the answer to their prayers? They certainly were persistent. We're going to leave them there for a few moments and talk about another parent, a different parent who was horribly distraught, who was helpless and pleading to God for his mercy. The woman of Canaan, she cried out for deliverance for her daughter. And as often happens, Jesus gave even greater blessings. First of all, the love of a parent for a child is one of the strongest forces there is, especially when that child is suffering and helpless. A parent will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes for that child, for their health, for their education, for their nutrition, for their emotional well-being, and especially when that child is anguished or in pain or in danger, whatever it takes is the motto of the loving parent. We'll meet this woman of Canaan. She lived to the north of the land of Israel. And when she heard that Jesus was on his way there, she didn't wait for him to arrive. She went to meet him at the border of Galilee and the region of Tyre and Sidon. She rushed to meet him. And what was her need? Her daughter was severely demon-possessed. Take a few moments, won't you, to imagine it were your own son or daughter or grandchild. And day in and day out, you had to stand helplessly by while this child was convulsed, while this child shrieked out uncontrollably, while this child wounded him or herself. And it went on day after day. What if it were yours? Wouldn't you do whatever it takes to find the needed help? Well, this woman sought out Jesus, and she shouted after him for his help repeatedly. Matthew relates, Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And she didn't just cry this out one time. She didn't pray to him just two times. She kept at it to the point that Jesus' disciples started to tire of it, saying to him, send her away, for she cries out after us. And what was the immediate answer to her prayer? Well, Jesus' silence was deafening. He answered her not a word. Have you ever hit that kind of brick wall? I mean in your dealings with other people. Have you ever been in a situation where you had someone in some kind of authority and you needed something from that person and they held you off at arm's length? 
I could think of a recent example, a dear Christian friend who had the need of certain medications and medical treatment and was qualified to receive them, but was denied. And she had to jump through all kinds of hoops and make all kinds of phone calls and be bounced from place to place. People whose silence to her was deafening. She waited for a long time. Why? Why does it sometimes happen that people won't answer your request? Well, sometimes you get the runaround. Sometimes the person on the end of the phone says, that's not my department, you'll have to call this number. Sometimes even when it is their department. Sometimes you run into people who say, I have so, such a big caseload. There are so many people in front of you, you'll have to just get to the back of the line and wait your turn. There are some, sadly, in positions of authority who don't care, who are there to punch a time clock and receive their paycheck. There are some who hold out because they want a favor. They want something from you, some sort of payment or consideration. And sometimes, sad to say, people can make you wait just because they can. But that was not the case here. We have a woman who's coming to Jesus and healing people and helping people and casting out demons. That was his department. He did care about every afflicted soul that came his way. He wanted nothing in return for his gracious services. And Jesus would never have let anyone suffer just because he could. If none of these reasons, then why? Why hold her off as he did? Well, one good reason is the one he actually explained to her when he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And it was his father's will for him to concentrate his ministry on the Jewish homeland, the people of God's covenant promise. It was after his death and resurrection that the ministry of God's kingdom went out in full force to all the non-Jewish people, so that was true. But this woman would not be denied. She persisted in her plea, and we can tell from her words and her actions that she knew exactly who Jesus was because she called out to him, Son of David! She knew he was the promised Messiah from Old Testament prophecy. And when finally she fell before him, Matthew tells us she worshipped him. She knew he was the son of David, and she knew he was the son of God. She was compelled to plead to him and to worship him. She didn't have any choice with her daughter in that condition. And so she threw herself at his feet, threw herself on Jesus' mercy, and her need and anguish was summed up with her simple plea, Lord, help me. So she persisted in her pleas, but Jesus also persisted in holding her off. He said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, which draws a distinction between the people of Israel and the people who are not of Israel. And it sounds insulting, but it was not an insult. He didn't say, you non-Jewish people are mongrels. He was saying, my ministry is to the Jewish people. We shouldn't take their bread and throw it to the pets. 
the little dogs under the table. It wasn't insulting, but it was humbling. And this woman embraced the humility. She did not object. Her answer was, Jesus, all I need are the crumbs. With these words, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And it was when she said this, that Jesus pronounced her to be the recipient of the greater blessing when he said, a woman great is your faith. <clears throat> you see her presenting problem, her great need was deliverance for her daughter from this demon inside of her. But she needed more. She needed to find Christ. She needed to find reliance on him. And God allowed her personal tragedy to lead her to Jesus. Do you see how Jesus waited and waited and waited? Do you know why? Well, it was not for his own benefit, not to dangle something out there and watch someone suffer while they waited. It was not simply to show his own authority. It was not for some kind of payment, of course. No, strangely enough, Jesus waited as a gift to her. This woman who would do anything for her daughter, well, it was that anything that brought her to Jesus. And during her wait, she came to know deep down no doubt in a way she did not know before. Her own helplessness, Jesus' great power, and her utter reliance on his mercy, saying, the crumbs are fine, Jesus. I'll do just fine with the crumbs. And the result of this was great faith and its expression, an assault on the throne of grace and prayer that just would not quit. That was a greater blessing for her. Yes, the reason for Jesus to wait was for her own benefit, but not only for hers, for you and me as well, because we have the benefit of seeing how Jesus does these things for the great blessing of those who come to him. By her example, we see our own utter helplessness and Jesus' great power and mercy toward us. And I think you're familiar with how this works. Can you think of a stretch in your life when there were weeks and perhaps months where things went along normally? No particular tragedies or heartaches pressing upon you, no particular pain or trouble for you or your immediate family? A wonderful blessing. You may be enjoying such a stretch right now. Isn't it true that during a time like that, very often your prayer life is, well, let's just say tepid. We don't have the day in and day out reminder of to whom we must turn in our time of great need when things are going well. But when you're in great distress, when you're in the crucible, when the fires are bearing down and you realize you have nowhere else to turn, that's when you learn deep down just how out of control you are. You don't have control over the situation. 
then you realize deep down your inability to bargain with God, you've got nothing to offer him, then you realize deep down your reliance on Jesus' great power and Jesus' great mercy. And that's the definition of faith, isn't it? Reliance on Jesus' great power and mercy. It's this faith that is always rewarded with God's answer to earnest prayer. Because in that awful, desperate, helpless time of waiting, it's the word of God that reminds you of who it is you're praying to. The one you're praying to is not the God who's maybe there or maybe not. It's not some vague man upstairs. The God to whom you direct your prayers is not the one who's willing to deal. If you shape up and do this for me, then I will grant your wish. Not that God at all. No, the one who's listening is your dear father who made you and the entire world and gave up his dearest treasure, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in order to deliver you from all sin and trouble. The God you pray to is the son who willingly kept the commandments for you and offered his life as a sacrifice in your place and died and rose again that you might rise. You offer your prayer to God the Holy Spirit who saw to it that this news that changes your heart and makes you a child of God was reliably recorded so you can know it and hear it and trust in it. You believe in that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the one who's listening. This is the one true God who finally answers every prayer perfectly. After all, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, don't we? Deliver us from evil. Isn't that finally answered for each one of us? When at the close of this life, we breathe our last and are translated to the Savior's side in glory forevermore, he finally answers every prayer perfectly. It is this God who has already proved to you his great power and love. You can read of it in Romans chapter 8 in many places. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him? also freely give us all things. Do you know this true God who truly hears and answers prayer? If you do, then you know that persistence in prayer in times of anguish is his gift to you. In Christ, you can be confident that his answer will come and it will be the best possible answer, even if it's hard to understand in the here and now. What was the answer for the persistent prayers of the woman of Canaan? Well, Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What about our distraught couple waiting in the surgical room? the surgical waiting room for news about their daughter. After a long wait and many prayers, the doctor did finally come out in his scrubs to make his announcement. What was his answer? What was God's answer in their time of great anguish? I'm not going to answer that question. You know why? 
because it's a pretty good picture of every time you and I are in the middle of trouble or sorrow. We don't know exactly what the outcome will be. But here's the thing. The heart that knows Jesus knows that no matter what the outcome is of a particular problem here and now, Jesus always delivers. He always, always delivers. And that's why we take advantage of God's own invitation from Peter's first epistle, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. That's why we take Jesus up on his offer to keep asking, seeking, and knocking in prayer. And that's why we will soon sing with hearts of faith. Though he giveth or he taketh, God his children ne'er forsaketh. His the loving purpose solely to preserve them pure and holy. In Jesus' name, amen.